Hi, my name is Louis Mikal, and today I'm talking with Patrick David Daniel about biology, about my path to funding a food, sustainable food startup, and about the meaning of reactions in the real life and the big world. Welcome to Pensup Series. Louis Mikal is a scientist, entrepreneur, and traveler. He co-founded Serendipionest, a co-living, co-working house for solutioners in San Francisco. He's very interested in decreasing the boundaries between individuals and sharing ideas freely. Having studied biochemistry and then transitioned into technology management, he has a broad overview of how synthetic systems correlate to the natural ones. He's very interested in the way biological patterns of the most primitive organisms are reflected in everyday life. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Lithuania. I, I was born in a small town of Panevežys. Then I moved to Vilnius, the capital of Lithuania, where I studied biochemistry in Vilnius University. And then um, after, after four years, I, I graduated and I moved to Switzerland where I studied management of technology and uh, I took I took a lot of courses in, in biochemistry and biotech still to, to be connected to, to biosciences. Okay, and so what got you interested in those things? I had a really good teacher in school. She, she taught chemistry and she was, she was really getting everyone interested in, in the subject. So that was my first step and first motivation. And then after, after I finished high school, I actually during the, during the high school, I went to a several Olympiads for science. And I met a lot of cool students from biochemistry from Vilnius University. And I got really, really interested in the program. So I, I asked the students about getting in and it seemed like a perfect program to me and then I, I got in and it was, it was really interesting. It was a very, very um, mind-expanding program. And so now that you're working, how do you think about combining all this knowledge that you accumulated? I think it deeply helped me to decide what I wanted to do. So right now I'm, I'm doing a food science startup called Kaufer that that um, connects peer-to-peer -peer farmers and small family-owned companies with, uh, with customers so that uh, the customers can get fresh, locally sourced food directly from, from the manufacturers. In that way, we can solve a lot of problems for sustainability and have healthier food products in everyone's homes. Can you talk a little bit more about that, how you see sort of the impact happening there? The impact of, of our company would be that right now there are a lot of family-owned businesses that are in disadvantage. So all family-owned businesses, they want to sell more and, and have, uh, have more customers. And then a lot of people, they, they have this pain point where they don't want to go to many different stores to buy foods, uh, food products separately. So we address this problem and we 
aggregate all the family-owned stores on one platform where people can find the same variety of foods that you find in supermarket. In that way, it's really convenient and still you're getting um, family, fresh-made food really that, that was made really close to your home. Yeah. Um, how do you see in general sort of this whole issue of sustainability and how, how to move that forward? I think sustainability is very important in, now, in nowadays world and it's going to be even more important in the future and sustainability is something that we really need to focus on because being sustainable the whole definition kind of says that we should we should think about what we're doing about our impact to this world and about the negative side of of the of the processes that are taking right now, like the shipping of, like very, very long shipping of food and, and many products that can be sourced from local, local suppliers. And uh, there are very uh, numerous harmful chemicals used in, in, in the foods that we consume and also, um, some companies like uh, like genetically modified seed producers they they take a lot of profit from farmers and uh, and uh, mostly farmers who who get dependent on 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 the seeds that are genetically uh, altered so sustainability is very important to to solve these problems to to have to have food that doesn't require, that doesn't cause damage to planet. Hmm. How how do you see the like sort of that work out like in the in the big picture? In the big picture, it it works out when everyone's producing something for their own community. So we don't need to exchange everything that's that's possible. We don't need to exchange things that, that can be made locally between very distant um, communities. Right. Do you, have a, do you have a good example of a bad practice of the industry? A bad practice of the industry would be like uh, shipping salads and uh, fruits from India or Ethiopia. That takes a very long time. That consumes a lot of oil. And then we can grow the same salads here in the U.S. Or, or in Europe or anywhere else. So it's just the, uh, it's only the question of price. And at this point, it seems cheaper to grow salad there and then ship it to the United States, which doesn't make much sense from the sustainability point of view. Yeah. So... What was your original interest in biology and chemistry? So you talked about your teachers that influenced you, but what what is sort of the prime motivation for you to like learn learn those things more in depth? I guess I was always a technical person. I had I I was always very interested to understand how everything works, and in that way I was searching for for deeper answers how how the world functions. So in chemistry class, I always 
I, w I was always fascinated by the concept of reaction, something happening from a mixture of two substances and we have very different substances coming from, from the first ingredients. And then it can go much deeper that I learned in university. It can go much deeper to the sense of alchemy where you have not only reactions from chemicals, but more like reactions of human nature and character, where people can change and become become more advanced and, and advance their thinking. Yeah. How do you think biology can inform um, an understanding of the world that other disciplines cannot? Biology can give a, a very good... A lot of very good examples about how how stuff functions in in this world, because by looking at at small small scale small structures small organisms, we see the same patterns that we see in in big organisms. It's only it's only less complicated. So if we look at things that are less complicated, we can decipher what's going on in, in the more complicated level. So in a way, if, if, we look, if we look for the meaning of life, we can look deeper into, into microbes and microorganisms and we can see their perspective towards the meaning of life and then we can, we can extrapolate that to, to try to understand what our meaning of life is. I mean, from, from that biological viewpoint, what do you think is the purpose of life? From the very biological purpose, from the very biological perspective, the purpose of life is to eat, to get sugar, and um, to create order out of disorder. So to expand on that, the first microorganisms that formed, they formed like uh, closed capsules to separate themselves from the outside world because outside world is always a, a well-distributed mixture of poisons and nutrients so naturally for something to function that something needs nutrients but doesn't need poison so the whole idea is to separate itself from from the outside and to store nutrients inside and keep the poisons outside. So in a, in a very broad sense, an organism is just a wall that separates the outside from the inside. Are there, are there like any other um, insights from biology that have helped you like on the issues of sustainability or in, in your work with your food startup? The questions from biology that helped me, hmm, like, I mean, any, anything that, that sort of helps you to understand the world better and therefore make more sense of it and be able to take advantage of opportunities that you see that maybe others don't. Because your way of looking at things through the lens of chemistry and biology is different from someone who, uh, you know, studied management or economics. And so how do you leverage that insight? Um, and then how do you convince other people who maybe don't understand these things? 
I think a big, big advantage of being a more scientific person is that, I mean, um, more technical person is that when, when you study some sort of engineering, there is always this understanding of, of order or of something happening, something that, um, that's very easily defined. So management is less, less concrete. You always look for, um, you always look for certain trends, but in science, there are no trends. So in science, things are supposed to happen in the way they are supposed to happen. And then if you see, if you see a certain process that starts to happen, you kind of predict what is the outcome of that person, of that process. So in this way, it helps to think through longer periods of time and, and to, to predict certain, not exactly trends, but certain outcomes of the things that happen. But that's related generally to a scientific mindset, right? It's not, it's not just about biology. Yeah, it's it's most it's more scientific, so it, it can be related to chemistry or mathematics or like how, how do you think the scientific mindset has um, has helped you to understand the world in ways that other people didn't don't appreciate? Generally speaking, scientific mindset can can provide a lot of a lot of interesting findings in in every every point in life because a lot of processes that happen in life seem so ordinary to many and then when you know a much deeper meaning behind everything be behind the processes that you that one studied then you can you can appreciate how how complex and yet simple life is and that probably doesn't have to be um, it doesn't have to be a technical a technical mindset it's it's more about having a deep understanding of something yeah. and then we can appreciate the beauty the simplicity and 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 the complexity of the of the topic at the same time yeah so you, so you mentioned the topic of order and disorder um, if you look at the you know, what's happening now with the internet, um, it's sort of amazing how it's, how it's able to decentralize and uh, empower networks. And I think if you look at biology, there's a lot of decentralization going on, right? Um, how do you sort of see biology inform maybe uh, political thought or um, sort of a way of, of ordering, you know, economic life? That's a very good question. So... The order and disorder is, is actually, it's, in, it's written in the human nature that we want to make order out of things. And then I think internet is in a way is making order, is, is increasing order of all our knowledge. So before the knowledge was very dispersed and with internet our knowledge became more centralized and now we're we're approaching this horizon where we see a lot of decentralization 
but at the same time the internet is from the perspective of artificial intelligence for example it's like an aggregation of all of all human knowledge into one machine that can be replicated but the the whole idea is is still to create order out of out of chaos so i would i wouldn't say that it's is becoming less ordered i think that the the or the order is increasing still with the internet but that's a very good point about blockchain and and decentralization of of certain processes yeah i mean you look at certain uh you know species like ants and sort of how they um order their economic life and in a way it's very decentralized like to the extent that we don't have so that's why i was curious to understand um sort of some insights from there um but why don't we go back maybe to you mentioned about the purpose of life sort of how has biology like helped you to like you know understand your purpose in life and like make sure that the things you're interested in you you focus on i think biology gives a great perspective to to appreciate the simplicity and and to kind of remember remember the basic needs of life like the uh the fact that we we just need to create more order the fact that we need to build something and then and then aggregate that something into into something bigger and and then to to cooperate and and always always um create a bigger structure more more order structure and uh what does that mean for the everyday person um you know like living their life i mean you know they don't think about order in like in a very abstract way right yeah but then imagine imagine going shopping and the fact that various products are are put in in various parts in the city so you imagine like you go you see clothes in in the clothes store you you find groceries in the, in the supermarket you find electronics in the electronics store and then you need every every item of these and then you need to bring them home cuz like that's where you store all all your belongings so in that way we we create more order so we we bring the things home to make our home the most ordered place so we bring we bring things from from all around from all around the the place the area and we put them in our homes so that our homes have this ordered structure of everything like we have clothes at home we have tv at home mm. we have tables at home we have food at home so that's that's how we create order out of out of disorder out of chaos yeah um you mentioned reactions and catalysts like sort of it's a, it's a very you know abstract term how how do you think like a catalyst works and and how do you think like you know you can you can use it to help other people um sort of catalyzing their lives that's that's a very good question and catalysts work 
by facilitating the process of a reaction. So reaction usually is the opposite process of what we do. Reaction is, is a process of something order becoming a disorder. So disorder is always, having a disorder is always easier because if you think about it, we can just uh, spill water on the ground and it, it's, it becomes, it, it covers much bigger surface, it's all over, so it's, it's very disordered. Or if we um, put marbles from, if we, if we take a bag of marbles and we spill it on the floor, marbles are, are all over, so it's, it's chaos. And that's how reactions work. So we have something ordered, like a bag full of marbles that are ordered neatly in the bag, and then we just let things go and that's where chaos happens. And then from that ordered state, things go into a disordered state and then um, the same things happen with reactions. So we have uh, substances that are in their molecular form, they are more ordered, and then in a reaction they become less ordered. But sometimes to achieve a, a, le a smaller order of um, smaller magnitude of order, you need to go through through certain um, through certain process. So, for example, um, spilling a bag of marbles on the floor requires an input of of a push of a hand or like a a movement to flip the bag over. But sometimes the movement is very difficult, so it's it's not always easy to flip the bag of marbles over. So you need a certain catalyst, and a catalyst is something that helps you do the reaction. It's hel it helps to transit the it helps to transition from the more ordered state to the disordered state, so that the reaction can take place. But with the catalyst, the reaction take the reaction happens much much faster. So it could be like if you have a big bag of marbles and you need a crane to flip it over. So a crane doesn't change in the reaction; only the order changes. So the marbles become spilled all over the floor, but the crane is still the same. Hmm. It just did. It just helped the uh, the reaction take place. So, um, you know, and, and if you look at life, there's always, you know, the, the status quo, and then there comes a new order, and it, it sort of shifts the paradigm, and it, 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 it sort of improves life in some way, right? Yes. Um, so, how have you seen that evolve in biology, and what kind of lessons did you learn from that that, you know, people can take away? So, the lesson from biology would be that a new ideology or, or new new thinking always, if we're talking about the advance of thinking, it's always a higher order of mag a higher magnitude of order. So we have like more order with with more advance we have more order, and then naturally the reactions that we just talked about they they take place in the opposite direction, right? So we go from an order state to disorder state, but then we need we need to make we need to create more order out of disorder, 
and going into a, a more advanced mindset, we need to input something like like energy to make more order out of this order. So every every transition, every advancement in our society requires a lot of input. That's why it happens not spontaneously but with with everyone's involvement and everyone's big effort. But then a bigger order means that we have more sugar or more uh, more things that we accumulate in our own environment. And that may, means that we have a better life. So in a very, in a very simple example, we can, we can remember our home, like we bring all the electronics and clothes and groceries. So to have even better home, we bring more electronics or more advanced um, more advanced uh, clothes or, or some, some new gadgets to our home to improve our living standard even further. Hmm. So then, from a biological perspective again, how do you think, like what do you have to do to succeed in life? What do you have to do to succeed in life? You have to, you have to make order out of disorder in every situation. It, of course, it's easier said than done. But then we have these opportunities to, to, have, to, to make very easy reactions because every reaction is different. And then sometimes reactions are, they, they take place almost spontaneously. Can, can, you, can you explain like when you say reactions, like what does that mean in real life? So in real life, a reaction would be something like a pathway, like a something from a state where we aspire to do something to a state where we have done something. So let's imagine if we want to launch a startup and there are many, many ways to launch a startup. So we could, we could just bootstrap and do everything organically and uh, another way could be like spending a lot of money, making a huge marketing campaign. Another way would be finding a really good mentor and going through the mentor's channels and, and then finding finding more serendipitous connections to, to what you do. So everything that, that we do has a lot of different ways to do, to achieve. And the same goes with the reactions. So when when we uh, when we try to achieve something, sometimes we take maybe not the most optimal path, and then some sometimes the reactions. But how do you know what's the optimal path? You never know, and unless you have studied, unless unless you take the knowledge from someone else who has done that. Hmm. Yeah. Um. You talked about serendipity, sort of how do you see serendipity play out in nature? Well, since nature is a chaos, there is a lot of serendipity because things move, things change, and then the more... Okay, so another example from, from the scientific perspective would be temperature. So as with the higher temperature, everything has more energy. So imagine, imagine water. If you have room temperature, water is only liquid. 
But then if you boil water, it has vapor and it makes whistling noise and it can burn you. So it, it's, it's much more, much more powerful. And then if you look in, into the perspective in life, if you have a lot of movement, if you have high temperature, a lot of energy, you can, you can bump into a lot of different opportunities. And that, that plays a big role into, into the way reactions work. Because when, when you have a higher energy, a higher rate of bumping, you have a lot of serendipity. And then you can, you can see immediately several different ways to do something. So every, there is no single reaction taking place. There are always many different reactions taking place everywhere. So if you are in a high energy state, you can you can just rely on serendipity to to guide you through the most optimal reaction path because the reaction that happens is always the most optimal. Hmm. Do you think that ties into like the concept of flow? A what is that concept? Like flow, where you sort of you, you live in a state where you're constantly sort of living in the present moment, focus on your work and you know, where you don't live in the future or the past, but you really focus on your work and you excel and, you know, become better at it. Yes, yes. It's a, it, it could be also um, a derivative of, of the way chemistry works because there are always different paths. But there was also um, a paradox from ancient Greece about, about the... Um, the rabbit and, and the turtle. And then uh, the paradox says that if a, if a rabbit, the paradox says if a rabbit um, takes, moves half a meter and the turtle moves half a meter, the, the turtle moves much slower. So eventually, from the logic perspective, we would think that rabbit overtakes the turtle immediately. But then if if we analyze the sequence, the infinite sequence of of half half of the movement, half of, of every step, we see that rabbit never succeeds in taking over the turtle because every every movement is like a, an infinitely divisible uh, time period. So if if we imagine that infinitely small time period it's like it's like a movie frame and then life is probably like a set of frames in a what we we could imagine it as a as a set of frames in the movies and like every frame is a still image so we we transcend from one still image to another our consciousness transcends from one still image to another and in a way, we're traveling between parallel universes, just inhabiting that that one moment for that one split second and then moving to another one. And I believe that we have always many different paths to go. It It might be our choice, it might be not our choice, but then there are always, for every, every smallest action, there is always an alternative. Hmm. It's the same with the reactions.
So sometimes it's good to take things slow in life. There is no slow and fast. There is just... There is just how, how reactions take place. It's, it, yeah. it depends on, on, on the connections. It depends on, on the circumstances that you bump into. Yeah. So how do you understand consciousness? You mentioned that earlier. I understand consciousness as something like a present state, a present, a present sum of evolution of what, what we experience or what we think we experienced. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's exactly what we experienced, but it's, it's the way we remember we experienced. So maybe even if you think about the simplest memories like riding the first bicycle or eating the first ice cream maybe in in that moment it was completely different but now it's like super thrilling or super nice or maybe it was a difficult bike ride and and if you scraped your knees it wasn't the best and yeah. but now we remember that in in our present memory and present circumstances so it's it doesn't necessarily mean that it happened that way, it's just the way that we remember. And there are usually no ways to check on that because that's that's how we perceive and if, if you ask if you ask someone else they will tell a very different story how they perceived that. So we never know exactly what was the past or what the future is going to be. We just know what this present moment is. Yeah. Wait, so if you take all your learnings from biology, what's sort of the most practical um, principle or value that you, has helped you in your own life? Most practical principle or value? I guess the most practical, the most practical insight would be understanding how how human body works and then understanding what's what's the best to eat how how diets could be made and and what kind of products we should consume and we shouldn't consume and more general things like why do we need vitamins and and why why is human body made in the way that it's made so when you imagine a world in the future, a world that's more sustainable, how do you imagine that world? A world that's more sustainable is... I, I tend to imagine it as a, as a similar world to what we live in now, in, a, in terms of experiences that we have. Because I think that if, if we just focused on making everything very rational we would live in a in a very dystopian world where we optimize everything but then we take out all the pleasure and creativity and and excitement out of the world and we would we wouldn't want to do that so my vision of sustainable world is to bring it to a level where we don't waste or destroy the planet's resources but we still get to experience 
the things that make us human, like creativity, like food, because we could, we could also, all of us could go to, to Soylent and, and feed ourselves on, on mixtures of powders, but that wouldn't make, wouldn't make life a pleasure. So sustainability is, is very important and can be achieved in, in, it can be achieved together with having little pleasures like having a really well-made food or, or seeing a movie or enjoying life. Thank you for listening and see you next time.